you could join us for this installment of clone wars an orphan black podcast my name is mike and i'm dave and tonight we're here to talk about season two episode five of bbc america's orphan black that aired on may 17th 2014 episode is titled ipsa scientia potestas est and remember you can access this show and all our orphan black shows through both the lost girl podcast fatalist and liberate a continuum podcast so long as you subscribe to either podcast, you'll automatically receive our Orphan Black discussions in your feed, whether you like it or not. <laughs> if you prefer, though, you can go directly to continuumpodcast.com or fatalist.podbean.com to listen. And you can also subscribe through Stitcher. All right. So uh, a little bit of good news this week. The viewership went up 7%. So we're still under half a million. But I guess as long as we're moving in the right direction, that's good. That's right. And uh, I guess it never was a real pressure situation for Orphan Black anyway. Now, this week's episode is directed by Helen Shaver. And, you know, I, I knew I knew that name from somewhere. And I had to go to IMDb, of course. But Canadian actress starred in Color of Money, which is not what I where I knew her from. But Desert Hearts, Amityville Horror, she was in the original. And she's directed a lot of shows, but I just listed some of the genre shows like The Outer Limits, Jericho, and Journeyman. So, uh, you know, it's always nice to get a, a female director. I think they bring a different, just a different feel to the show sometimes. Not to mention an actor turned director. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and what does Ipsa Scientia Potestas Est mean? Knowledge is power. And, All right. I mean, I was maybe hoping for something a little more out there than, you know, I mean, obviously knowledge is power. And, and I guess to a certain extent, that's what this episode is all about as as things are discovered and revealed. And, you know, I think we said last week uh, for every question we get answered, there are two new ones. But but this episode, I think in particular, gave us a lot to work with. Well, and the, at the core of it is knowing about project Lita, and that's how rachel comes to the forefront in this episode so knowledge is power for her especially yeah and we're introduced to swan man or at yeah. least the concept of swan man and when whether or not this actually is ethan duncan but we'll talk about that in a little bit but yeah there are a lot of questions that get raised but uh why don't we just talk about them with in, in the course of the discussion and you know why don't we start with the prolethean ranch Okay. Um, you know, we only see it in a couple of scenes, but I think one of the great things that Orphan Black does is they present us most weeks with five different storylines, though there's generally one that's the major storyline, one that's maybe, you know, second, and then the other three are generally just kind of minor points, but they're always obviously critical. So we see Henrik, who now has Gracie locked away in, in what is that, like a somewhere they keep cattle or something it almost looks like a horse stall doesn't it yeah and uh we find out that she's had her mouth sewn shut yeah because of what she did to helena this is how she's being punished and you mentioned how we always have these minor plot points that only give us a little bit but they always surprise us with something and in this case it's the sewing shut of her mouth right now i guess the thing though is like you said what she did to helena i don't know that henrik knows what she did to helena right he just knows something happened to 
cause her to escape. Right. For Gracie to get knocked out and Helena to escape. And again, at first I thought, did she sew her own mouth shut? Yeah, it does make it seem like she didn't want to talk. And this was her symbolic way of telling them that. But I'm inclined to believe that it was some part of her punishment somehow that just the, from some of the things that Bonnie mentioned. Right now that's, is that Henrik's wife? I would say so. Yes. Okay. But we haven't necessarily had that. Well, especially since he could have multiple wives as far as we can tell. Oh, good point. Good point. Uh, now I, again, I forgot the guy's name, the young guy that works Mark, with yeah. Mark. And, and so he, he comes in with some milk and a straw for her. And, and obviously he likes her. Yeah, it gives her that little gentle kiss on the cheek there, and and I wasn't sure what to make of her reaction, but it, but it did seem as if she perhaps reciprocated. Well, yeah, I mean it's hard to tell because of her mouth being sewn shut, but I caught a little dimple of a smile there. Yeah, I thought so too. Now, uh, you know, they come back later. Gracie's apparently ready to talk. They cut the stitches. And oh, that's so gruesome. Yeah. Uh, well, the worst part though was when uh, pulling. <laughs> Yeah, pulling him out, and she was not being gentle, that's for sure. No. But, well, Bonnie, And what's up with Bonnie, anyway? She talks about how Gracie is clinging to the old ways, and she pretty much says she can rot. Yeah. And, and doesn't really have a whole lot of sentimentality, especially if this is her daughter. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about that before, how unusual it is that the the young person is the one clinging to the old ways, and it's the adults that are trying to move forward, or at least whatever forward is in this case. That's right. But the most surprising part of it is that if Helena is not recovered and they want Gracie to help with that, then Gracie herself will have to carry this child that was uh, seen the ova splitting at the very end of last episode. So strange things may be in store for Gracie here. Right now, what's up with that? Uh, I mean, did they extract it from Helena to then manipulate it? And then... It sounds like you had the same question I did. Why did they have to take it out in order to put just put it right back in again? Is that what you're yeah. wondering? Uh, my guess is would they have to do some kind of fertilization outside of her body just to keep the conditions just so, rather than just fertilize her uh, and just hope that it takes. You know what I mean? I do. Because they, they have to actually put the the maybe the sperm into the you know they use a really tiny needle to get it directly in there something like that maybe okay this is the time it would be good if one of us was a science teacher instead <laughs> of a couple of english teachers that's right but uh regardless obviously it's in gracie's best interest for helena to return but i don't know what they expect gracie to do to get her to come back i know she doesn't have any special uh tracking ability does she <laughs> no i don't think so all right now uh speaking of tracking ability and, and we see Cal and Kara, who are still holed up in the camper, waiting for Sarah. And and remember, as I recall, Sarah was supposed to be right back, but but of course that wasn't going to uh, happen. And, and and again, Kara's seen this many times, but I think in this case, she does know that her mom's coming back. Maybe not exactly when she said. And plus, it seems like Kira knows a whole lot, even in this episode. So perhaps she has her own uh, sense of reassurance about what's going on with her mom. But doesn't it seem like, well, I mean, even when just the policeman's coming up, someone's coming. It's like she just knows things. Yeah, I thought so, too. And then, and then of course, Cal could hear it as well. But yeah, it's like that, that uh, sixth sense, if you will. But, yeah. you know, so we see the bonding, the father and daughter. And, and uh, in fact, now Kira is calling him daddy. 
which uh, Sarah hears, and, and, and it kind of throws her off a little bit. And, and, Cal, and Cal says, look, I told her to call me Cal. And, and I thought it was great what, what uh, Sarah said, which was, nah, she can call you whatever she wants. Yeah, and she wasn't saying that in a harsh way. Either. No, not at all. Yeah. Now, uh, the cop comes, and, and I, I understand this. You know, you see a camper just parked by the side of the road. What policeman's <laughs> not going to check it out? And everything seems to be going fine. He wants to come in and, and see. And then here she shows up with a gas mask. <laughs> yeah. As a nice little uh, deflection strategy, distraction. Homage to Doctor Who. Oh, really? oh you, maybe you haven't seen that episode. <laughs> I'm still in season five. Are you my mommy? <laughs> you haven't seen that one. Okay. It doesn't sound familiar. All right. Yeah. You'd remember it if you'd seen it. Uh, well, but, I'll tell you what's the most suspicious for me. I mean, because you say Kira is very savvy, but... Don't you think it's strange that Cal, first of all, he has a fake ID that says he's Andrew Cooper from Seattle. He's got, he's taking money to buy uh, Kira all kinds of extra clothing, right? Yeah. And you see in that stash of money that there's a gun in there as yeah. well. Yeah. So still something not quite right about Cal, but he sure does make a, a fun dad. Yeah, but, uh, and just like you said, I mean, our story with Cal is that he was basically... Uh, pushed out of the project and the corporation that he basically helped found. So why does he go and live in this remote area by himself in the middle of nowhere? Is he hiding from somebody? And whose camper is this? Exactly. Whose <laughs> camper is this? So, and he tells Sarah back, you know, when they, when they first started that, that it's not in his name. So don't worry. So yeah, like you said, Cal's hiding something. There's more. Oh, oh, well, maybe that's just it's in Andrew Cooper's name then. <laughs> yeah. So there's no extra friend here. Yeah. So whoever Andrew Cooper is, um, but he does recognize that Kira is quick on her feet, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and you know what? At first, I didn't see that. You know that she had done it on purpose just to deflect, and then it was perfect. Then the cop leaves. He comes back in, and she's already sitting down coloring again. Well, and the way you can tell is because he had already told her that spaghetti was burnt. So when she's saying that dinner is burning, then obviously uh, she's referring to something that has already occurred. Right. So now, very savvy. Right. Now, I did find it a little odd that, that Cal didn't pursue the notion of Auntie Allison, Auntie Cosima, and Auntie Helena. I don't think he had time. Okay. Isn't that when Sarah called maybe? Well, I, I guess, yeah, maybe you're right. But So that'll be interesting to see if he does pursue that because she says they all look the same. And he says, I didn't know your mother had any sisters. Yeah. So, she just says, but I can tell them apart. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see given, you know, the, uh, with, with his background. Um, now, in terms of scientific backgrounds, obviously we, we see uh, Cosima and I don't think we saw Delphine last week, right? No, we get to see her again. I'm glad to see her back in this episode because it, it brings a little bit more warmth to the Cosima plotline. Yeah, and, and I'm starting to, you used the word warmth, and I really am starting to warm to, to uh, Delphine. And for a long time, I just saw her as this cold, icy bitch. I mean, I mean certainly not in the same way as Rachel. But, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, Ice uh, Queen herself. Yes, but we find out that you know, there's stem cell research data that has been mistakenly sent to Delphine uh, and it was supposed to go to Leaky and we find out that apparently they were making progress but the idea was they were going to withhold it from Cosima. Yeah, that was Rachel's idea to withhold it, but you could tell Leaky didn't agree with it anyway, which makes me wonder if it was mistakenly leaked to Delphine or if Leaky did that on purpose. 
but clearly he's not upset when he finds them snooping around his office. Exactly. And that, that's my question then. Okay. It was mistakenly sent. I mean, this seems like a, a fairly important piece of data to mistakenly send. So then the question is, well, who did send it? And you, I think you just kind of alluded that maybe it was leaky himself. Right. Because maybe he's trying to build a sense of trust with Kasima because she's been fairly suspicious the whole time, even as she's become part of Dyad and, She's still talking with a friend of hers outside. But the, they talked to um, a friend of hers on Skype or something. Her old coworker Scott about right. the synth- synthetic DNA and how 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 was it patented in the old days and and how she can find out more about this military connection. And so clearly, she's not giving everything over to to Dyad. Right. And and one of the things we learned tonight, and we'll talk about it more when we talk about Rachel, is that we get a better sense of where Leaky is in the pecking order at the yeah. Dyad Corporation. And I'm wondering whether he sees Rachel's behavior. And, and, you know, maybe this is why, if it is in fact him that sent the data to Cosima, you know, maybe he's not really comfortable with the way Rachel's been uh, operating lately. I almost feel like he thinks he can still control things. And just the way he interacted with Paul made me feel like, and when he says, you know, you have to keep feeding me information even before you give it to Rachel. Right. That he controls things uh, from behind the throne by by the monitors right. as, his, as his helpers. So even Rachel recognizes that her monitor is someone that's been with her the, her whole life. So Right. Now, now, like you said, Scott, the DNA expert, you know, brings up the fact that it's probably a military project. So we've still got that out there and and whether that gets explored in this season or next season i i i just can't wait i mean i i think we know that's the road this is probably going down yeah it's nice when they just give us little bits of it to remind us that it's there even if they don't address it until later leaky shows them the project lead a photo kasima denies knowing anything about it right she still does have her secrets doesn't she (laughs) right um and then that's when, you know, you mentioned that Leakey says he's going to defy Rachel, show of good faith. He's going to continue the treatments on Cosima. And then uh, he tells them, which is kind of the big bombshell from the scientific storyline, is that the original genome does not exist. Yeah, the entire project is essentially an orphan, he said, which gives new name to the show title. Right. And, and so I guess what we're to believe this is all about now is rediscovering i i guess the genetic code that is actually missing and and, and maybe just the ability to create clones in general right. if not specifically uh this uh set of sisters i guess right and then uh you know the last thing we see leaky's administering the the treatment an intradermal test to see how her body responds and I don't know. It just looked like a standard old needle in the arm to me. I'm not sure why Delphine felt the knee. I mean, it looked like she was like trying to take her mind off it. This, <laughs> this won't hurt a bit. That's right. I guess just because it's experimental. But yeah, it did seem pretty standard. But what a relief. I mean, were you as relieved as I was when Leaky even mentioned that he was going to continue the treatments? I was like, oh, thank God. Yes, absolutely. Right, right. Now, granted, we haven't really seen Cosima coughing up any blood lately but still yeah, i mean we know that's we know that's there uh-huh. all right now speaking of blood uh, <laughs> what your transitions are awesome today <laughs> helena is now staying with sarah and felix and 
one of the first things in terms of their their dialogue with each other, their interaction is is uh, she tells Sarah to stop calling her meathead. <laughs> yeah, and well, she does she does that temporarily. <laughs> yeah, she does. But but you know the other time she does it, it's after uh, she and Art come to the sniper's nest and you know talk her down and, and calls her that though as they're walking out kind of arm in arm. In, in I think in a in a loving way, and I think Helena, you know, took it that way. But uh, and Felix I, used the term too as well. Yeah, um, you know, we really do see that Helena's got a sense of humor. One of I really like when she hisses at Felix, <laughs> you know, uh, just try to scare him a little bit. Well, I like that now Sarah is entreating Helena to treat Felix like family, and she even starts calling him. Brother Sestra. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's up with Felix? I mean, all this is just because he has a hot date? I know. I mean, I'm glad to see Colin, the coroner. Again. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. But <laughs> at the same time, it seems like a big risk. Or maybe he just doesn't want or doesn't know what to do with Helena, whereas Art has some specific things he wants to ask her. So it might have been something worked out between them. But yeah, here, Art, you deal with it. I got a hot date. <laughs> yeah, and and... You know, I get that he's going through these periods where he feels like he doesn't belong, and and certainly his relationship with Allison had had really picked up there, and 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 of course we don't see Allison this week, but still I think he's grasping the concept that even though he wasn't raised with these other clones, in, in a large sense they're still his sisters. That's true. I think he feels a certain uh, brotherly. Re- relationship with them and not just allison but apparently not enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like you said art art has an agenda and he's trying to figure out how maggie chen plays into all this and and you know he figures that maggie chen was the person that tracked down the clones so that then she could take them out yeah which i guess is new for us uh it's a good conclusion to draw and apparently he's not far off but yeah that that changes the dynamic quite a bit because obviously Maggie Chen being a Prolethean would definitely play into Helena's goals. Now she obviously gets out of the handcuffs with a sardine ring or whatever that thing is. <laughs> yeah. The, the pop top or, or whatever. The, right. And, and gets out of the handcuffs, puts a gun to art and uh, obviously then handcuffs him and leaves. And I don't know what those little things are called from elementary school. The, the you know the, the little, little finger puzzle the things. little finger puzzle things. But apparently she did it before, which I had forgotten about. And fortunately, they remembered that you know last time was coordinates, three places we'd been, one we hadn't. And yeah, which I, that yeah, I remembered the finger puzzle, but I certainly didn't remember how it was used. But that was cool, a way to point them towards the the locker, which she had mentioned to Art while he was questioning her. And I think part of it is Helena is trying to figure out what he knows already. And she wants to know, does Sarah know Swan Man? And so she's asking questions too. Uh, and clearly, they don't, or Art at least doesn't know who Swan Man is, but, but we can put two and two together even before Sarah finds out. But yeah, she's eating her sardines and mustard and the powdered donuts that she really loves. Right. She points to him. <laughs> I like these. I like these. I like yes. <laughs> the, the whole thing too, is when art's on the phone with her, he's talking about Rachel with Sarah. And that's, I think how Helena picks up on the fact that Rachel 
is someone she's going to have to deal with just by overhearing the conversation on the phone. Didn't you get that sense? Yeah, I did. So that, you know, that whole idea of taking out the clones is still with her. Although I think at this point she realizes that, you know, certain clones don't need to be taken out. Right. I don't think she feels the need to take out Sarah anymore or Allison. Right. Her current sisters, uh, including probably even Kasima, I would think. And Kasima, Right. Of course. So, um, yeah, they're they're her new family. Right. Now, was this a uh, storage locker? It was this Maggie Chen's or was this Yeah. Okay. I think I think it was Maggie Chen's and Helena had been staying there. Okay, that's what I wasn't Once clear she on. escaped from uh Tomas, so. Okay. Because I figured all the mutilated dolls had to be Helena rather than Maggie Chen. Right, and it was reminiscent of the Katya doll that showed up at the very beginning of season one. So now you see that there's a very well-dressed uh, little black dress doll with blonde hair. <laughs> so they can figure out the target pretty darn quick. Right. Now, the other thing was, uh, you know, we, we saw the, the uh, I don't know if it was a photo or an illustration or whatever of, of a nun with the eyes scratched out. Didn't we see some paintings by Felix early in the, in the series where the eyes were not scratched out, but they, they had X's over them. I, I can't remember. I, I should. So the only other time I specifically remember we saw that was when uh, Helena came in and pretended to be Beth and sat down at her desk and ate her muffin. And she scratched out the eyes of Paul. Oh, that's right. To let Sarah know that she had been there. Okay. Well, I'll still have to, I'll have to go back to the early episodes and take a look at some of Felix's uh, paintings, which are, uh, you know, not all that disturbing, but still... Um, <laughs> But uh, so anyway, so they're there and they discover the photo of Swan Man, which seems to be Professor Ethan Duncan. And since there's also a photo of him as an old man, now the, the speculation is that maybe he didn't die in the fire after all. And has it been a cover up or disappearance the entire time? Well, uh, you want to hear my theory? Sure. I think. I think Ethan Duncan was the one that was sneaking around Mrs. S's apartment, came out of the closet. Remember that? Yeah. We weren't sure who that was. I think that's who it was. And he's about 70 now. So yeah, he's definitely lurking in the shadows and I'll be interested to see where this heads. Okay. Now, I guess I wonder why, you know, I, I guess why has he stayed in the shadows all of this time? Yeah. Good question. Right. And, you know, that leads me to believe that the fire I mean, I think we knew all along the fire was likely not an accident. Right. So I think this sort of reinforces that, which then gives us an answer why he's remained in the shadows, but we just don't know who's responsible for the fire at this point. All we know is Helena says something about Cold River, the place of screams, and and that's where they're headed to find Swan Man, I guess. Right. Now, that doesn't bode well. Uh, (laughs) now, Now, Art and Sarah track down... Uh, the location uh, of the sniper's nest and, 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 you know, they are driving down and I'm, I'm not sure how art didn't see the motorcycle lying in the street. You know, Sarah <laughs> had to tell him to like stop twice. And he's like, Oh, why? Uh, that's her. But anyway, so they get out, Sarah puts two and two together and, you know, they go up, they find Helena there. And I, I, I really was fascinated by that scene. Just that, that, you know, very, jethro gibbs like you know oh, just yeah. <laughs> i mean just from this i mean obviously though you know if you know ncis which obviously i know you do you know just w- we've learned what it's like and what it takes to be a sniper and one of the the biggest qualities is patience yeah and preparation 
and just you know she's sitting there and she's got everything she needs and the yeah I, I like the one scene when 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 Art and Sarah are in there and she just makes a motion with her leg for Sarah to take the binoculars to look uh-huh. just very subtle and everything's everything's right there she's got the you know the rifle which is uh man what a what a weapon <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> i mean just watching her put that together but sarah talks her down and you know then it's almost like okay fine i won't shoot rachel but paul's a cheater yeah as if he cheated on sarah uh, and Sarah's like, I don't care. <laughs> That's right. Well, she basically has to tell Helena that there's another way to do things besides the way you did it with Katya and whoever else you killed in the past. And so this is where we see that they're going to have to start working together. And it's not just a matter of Helena appealing to Sarah. Sarah has to appeal to Helena as well. Right. And, you know, the scene there went with tears streaming down Sarah's face, tell, telling Helena that she saved her life. Oh, that was great. But then i'm starting to think it's like okay sarah is the biggest con person well maybe but didn't it affect you at all when it did when when helena cries to oh sestra you make me cry it did (laughs) but then i start thinking as did sarah just do this you know maybe uh, yeah and i don't know that it takes anything away from the scene i don't think it takes anything away from the relationship that the two of them are developing you know so even if it was meant to simply defuse this situation now let's get us out of here that's fine but it also might be a turning point for sarah as well it might be yep <laughs> all right well uh we haven't talked about rachel yet and, and i think this episode was pretty uh rachel centric and it's pretty yep. much the aftermath of daniel's death Right. And her return from Taiwan with Paul, which will probably remain a mystery, except for the fact that apparently they got a little bit closer maybe during their vacation. Yeah. Well, I think we learn a little bit about her uh, emotional needs and I'm making finger quotes there about (laughs) Rachel, but she, you know, the the scene where she wants to see his dead body and, and it's no, no, I mean, lift the plastic. Yeah. And then she goes down and does the whole close the aisle, though I thought they were already closed, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and the blood on, on paintings and mirrors and just a, a really gruesome sight. But it was almost as if we, we saw this emotional response from the Ice Queen. Right. And it, there might be some aftermath from this, too, because Leaky says, This could have been you, Rachel, and then blames her heavy handed tactics yeah. for this happening. And Rachel says, trust me, Aldous, I've only just begun. Yeah. So she may have some more revenge in her future. Yeah, but I, I guess you wonder, who does she take revenge on? I mean, I, I, she doesn't want to kill Sarah. Right? I, yeah, true, true. And she certainly doesn't want to kill Kira. And, you know, I'm not sure she wants to kill Helena, Helena although, maybe, yeah. you know, who knows? I mean, since Sarah and Helena are, 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 are twins, I mean, you know, there is that. And I assume she knows that. But she might not need Helena in the whatever her goals will be. Right. Now, we get the big reveal in that Daniel was her monitor. And, yeah. And, uh, and she seems perfectly comfortable with that, that supposedly he, re- he only reports her medical. And I assume her, uh, her I guess, emotional well-being to Leaky. Mm-hmm. But she still outranks him. But she still outranks him, and I guess she understands the project enough to know that that you know if I start acting weird, that that perhaps it's something to do with the fact that I'm a clone, and and Doctor Leakey needs to know that. That's right, and but she is the one that comes up with the tactic 
of withholding treatment for Cosima in order to entice Sarah to come in. And of course, the other one is to try and frame up uh, Felix, which is actually probably a more effective tactic uh, on the front of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on the one hand, I want to hate her for that. But on the other hand, it's entirely logical. Right. And I thought that it was going to happen, that Sarah was going to come in. And obviously there were some other things in this episode that prevented that from carrying through all the way, but I wonder what they're going to do from here. Cause isn't Felix still in jail at the end of this episode? Yeah. Yeah. She says that. And, and, and Leaky and Paul kind of imply that they can, you know, get him released. But uh, we do find out that she offers the monitor job to Paul. And, and I thought his response was interesting. I forget exactly what he said, but you know, are, are you offering it to me because uh, you think I might want it or because I have no choice. That's right. <laughs> Probably a little bit of each. Right. But, you know, and we've talked in, in the last couple of weeks about whether or not she was aware that she was a clone as she was being raised. And, and she essentially says she was. Yeah. All, a lot of things that we already suspected were confirmed in, in no uncertain terms. Right. I mean, she says she was self-aware, raised self-aware, although we're not exactly sure self-aware of what and, and whether or not it's that she was a clone. We don't well, know. Well, the other thing is she notices right away that the videotape has been pushed in and she p plays it even a little bit. So we're still, we didn't get quite a reaction out of her that we, that would give us more information, but it's interesting that she noticed that right away. Right. Now she also mentions her position in the corporation mm -hmm. and, and certainly that she outranks Leaky and uh, his dyad directorship, but uh, you know, she's not exempt from the project, enjoys privilege. Well, who outranks her? And and what's the company? Because yeah. if, Leaky's, if Leaky's the director of the Dyad Institute, then what is her company? <laughs> right. Do, I mean, do we know well, that? Well, we don't. Um, and what, I mean, see, I'm led to believe that there's some corporation over Dyad and over, see, I'm not sure if, I, I guess I understood that she worked for Dyad. Yeah, I thought so too. Right. And and that that, that she was saying that there's a corporation that owns Dyad. Okay. And that person we haven't seen yet. Okay, yeah, and so she's still beholden to somebody, but she's she's in charge of this whole project. Right. Um, now, Rachel doesn't know definitively that Cal Morrison is Kira's father. And again, I mean, I hate to bring up the fact that Sarah is a con artist <laughs> because I do believe that she's telling the truth, that, that Cal is her father. But, you know, Rachel only suspects it. We find out that. So that's part of what she wants to verification well, paul verifies the time frame just like we found out from from uh sarah so they've definitely done some investigations into that right now paul and, and actually uh is it helena that points out that paul's now had sex with three clones <laughs> yeah oh i don't know who it was that said that but yeah they definitely said what's that three no it was sarah on the phone with oh paul right 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 <laughs> yeah sarah beth and rachel yep. yeah it's like how, how do they differ i i know one thing um Rachel has kind of a dominatrix style to her. She doesn't want Paul to, to be steering the ship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did, did Daniel like that? Did, did Sarah? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the, you know, one of the final scenes, Sarah meets Leaky in a bar and, you know, informs him about Ethan Duncan being alive and, you know, need that he needs to get Felix out of police custody and suspect statics. And then after she leaves, Paul comes up to Leaky uh, because obviously Rachel had him follow Leaky. And now we're not sure exactly 
what Paul's going to do, you know, with whom his loyalties lie. Well, because presumably he had a chance yeah. to, to come up and get Sarah, but he wanted to see how it played out. And whether or not Leaky knew he was there or not is a question that you can also bring up. Whose side is Paul really on? I mean, certainly that's one of the questions we have to, uh, to take a look at. What does Rachel really want? Right. I mean, obviously, we, I know she wants, you know, Sarah and, uh, and Kira brought in, you know, into the fold. I mean, I guess she's not concerned with Allison because Allison's acquiesced to everything she wants, apparently. Yeah, I think Sarah's definitely the main target because yeah. of, the, of the health problems and the fact that she conceived a child. Okay. Um, the shipper in me wants to ask, is Sarah warming to Cal? Okay. <laughs> or, or is it just simply two people drawn together by, you know, the, this conflict at the moment? Um, well, the, and the big thing for Rachel is how much does she know about Project Lita as we learn more about it? I think she's not quite as far ahead as everyone else. She doesn't necessarily know that Ethan Duncan is still alive. That's her father. Right. And you wonder that once she gets this information um, and starts to, I guess, figure everything out as the others do if that's going to change her relationship with sarah and the others and 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 again i mean are we going to see all the clones kind of uniting against their creator yeah similar to the turning that helena had during season one to becoming more of a good guy yep <laughs> might see the same thing with rachel although personally i doubt that no i agree but uh, <laughs> i'm telling you what an episode i feel like we're saying this each week yeah and it's uh Headed into the second half, right? Yeah. There's still 10 episodes, right? Yes. So uh, definitely things should be picking up from here. Yeah. So want to thank you guys for joining us. Mike and I will be back next week to discuss episode six titled To Hound Nature in Her Wanderings. And if you'd like to send us feedback, feel free to send us a speak pipe message by clicking that button on the right hand side of either the Liberate or the Fatalists websites. You can also send an email to feedback at continuumpodcast.com or fatalistspodcast at gmail.com. And all, as always, feel free to leave a voicemail at 773-LIBERATE-8. And we'll see you next week. But I've no more respect, please just leave me here, my bed.